This message is brought to you by Lighthouse Chapel International, a united denomination originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Welcome to the Life Preaching Message, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation, a Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to teach and preach wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing encounter as you listen to this message. For the privilege of having to hear his word, and I believe that by the Spirit of the Lord, we shall be impacted, our lives shall go on a higher note, and all that we have desired would come to pass as we receive the word of God in a, with a, in a, in a heart of a meek heart. And as we allow the Spirit of God to guide us, let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning. Thank you for the privilege. It is a privilege, it's an honor to be called by your name and to be chosen by you. We are the sheep of your pasture. And we thank you that this morning by your spirit, you have come to give us bread. You have come to give us bread that brings life. You have come to give us light. You have come to strengthen us and to guide us and to cause our enemies to be under our feet. Thank you that by your power, no weapon of the enemy formed against us shall prosper. Thank you that by your power, we shall walk in the path of righteousness. By your power, we shall hear your voice and we shall follow you. Deliver us from every seduction, every deception of the enemy and let our lives be according as you have purposed. May we not fall to the left side nor to the right side, but may we live to glorify your name. May the praises of the people come to you because of your works in our lives. May all the nations praise you because of us. We thank you, Father. Let your name be exalted in our midst this morning and let your word have its rightful place. We thank you, Holy Spirit, our teacher, our guide, our helper. We surrender totally to you and we ask that by you, let us hear the word of our Father, the word of our Savior. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus for making it possible to be called children of God. Thank you for your blood that was shed. That grants us boldness to come before the presence of God. Thank you for your blood that has washed us white as wool. We thank you for this precious blood, which gives us victory over every work of the enemy. We know that what you have said for our lives is what will come to pass. Kings and priests we are to our God and in his kingdom. And our lives here on earth will reflect that. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Good. So this morning, I believe that the Lord would have a short word with us. And I want us to read Isaiah chapter 58, verse 11. You know, like Reverend Isaac said, we are wiser to choose the way of God because choosing the way of God will bring to our lives whatever we desire and whatever God has planned for us. You see, in the presence of the Lord, the Bible says there's fullness of joy, pleasures evermore. In the presence of the Lord, there's no weapon of the enemy 
and no work of the enemy that shall prosper. Even in his presence, you, when you are accused, he would answer favorably for you. So Isaiah chapter 58, verse 11, I want us to read it. I thought you put it up. Why did you remove it? It says, and, it says, and the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat thy bones and thou shalt be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. Now, how many want to see this prophecy come to pass in your life? I want to see it come to pass in my life and I believe so do you. But you see, we are reading this prophecy in the middle of a conversation. and say, end. End. It means that there's something that the, the word end is joining. There's something before. You see, if you do this, and then I will do this. If you go and come, and then we shall do this. So you'll find out that in the language, it tells you that there's something, there's something that is being spoken about. And this prophecy seemed to be a favorable part of the discussion. So I want us to go back to verse 1 of Isaiah 58. I want us to go back to verse 1. It says, cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgression." and the house of Jacob, their sins. You see, we see God who is speaking in verse 11 of the same conversation, the good things that he has in place for his people. But at the beginning, he was speaking to his prophet to speak out, he said, cry aloud. Spare not. In other words, don't, don't, don't leave out any, any voice of yours. Give it full volume, like a trumpet. Why? To show my people their transgressions and the house of Jacob their sins. But you see, these people that are going to be shown their transgression and their sins, the verse 2 says that it is not that they are not doing something that they should be doing in terms of seeking God and talking to God. But the word says, yet they seek me daily. They seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and forsook not 
the ordinances of their God. Do you get it? So it, the, 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 the verse is telling us, you see, here is what is happening. They are not doing some things that God wants them to do. But the way they are relating with God is as if they are doing everything. That, that's what the verse is saying. Yet they seek me daily. And the Lord wants us to seek him daily. But we, might, we are seeking him daily for a purpose. Not just seeking him daily. We are seeking him daily for a purpose. But what the, 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 the problem that the Israelites were having is that they were doing the seeking daily. They were speaking as wanting to know the ways of God as if it's the people who were doing the right thing. You know, they were, they were saying, oh no, we will do it. This is what, let us do this. Meanwhile, they, when they leave, they leave, they go and continue doing things their own way, which is not the way of God. So he said, they ask of me ordinances of justice. They take the life in approaching God. And they even ask the question, wherefore have we fasted? Say they, and thou seest not. Wherefore have we afflicted our souls? And thou takest no knowledge. But the Lord responds to them that, but in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exact all your labors. So you are doing the fasting, but you are not doing what the fasting is supposed to accomplish. You are doing the fasting, but you are not doing what the fasting is accomplished. And then verse 4 says, Behold, ye fast for strife and debate and to smite with the fist of wickedness. You shall not fast as you do this day to make your voice to be heard on high. Okay, so let's read the NLT from verse 1 so that we can understand it better. Because it will have a way of saying it nicely. NLT from verse 1. It says, shout. It says, shout with the voice of a trumpet blast. Shout aloud. Don't be timid. Tell, you see, God, even though God is not happy with you, and God may not be happy with me, he still calls us his people. That's one of the things you need to know, that the fact that your father is not happy with you has not changed your relationship with him. Remember that. This is just by the way. He said, tell my people Israel of their sins. Yet they act so pious. They come to the temple every day and seem delighted to learn all about me. They seem delighted to learn all about me. They act like a righteous nation that would never abandon the laws of its God. They ask me to take action on their behalf, pretending they want to be near me. 
what are you saying? He said, they say, we have fasted before you. They say, why aren't you impressed? We have been very hard on ourselves and you don't even notice it. He says, I will tell you why I responded. It is because you are fasting to please yourselves. Even while you fast, you keep oppressing your workers. What good is fasting when you keep fighting and quarreling? This kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. It says, you humble yourselves by going through the motions of penance, bowing your heads like reeds bending in the wind. You dress up in bellops, in bellops and cover yourself with ashes. Is this what you call fasting? Do you really think this will please the Lord? No. This is the kind of fasting I want. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Listen to the list, lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free. Remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them and do not hide from relatives who need your help. Then your salvation will come like the dawn and your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then you will call and the Lord will answer, yes, here am I. He will quickly reply, remove the heavy yoke of oppression. Stop pointing your finger and spreading vicious rumor. Feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. The Lord will guide you. So this is the verse 11. And now the Lord will guide you continually, giving you water, when restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. Some of you will build or rebuild the deserted ruins of your city. Then you will be known as a, re a rebuilder of walls and a restorer of homes. Hallelujah. Now, listen, how does this verse or these verses relate to us? How does these verses relate? You see, if you want to learn about what is important to somebody, look at how he related to other people and what he emphasized and his response to their obedience or disobedience. And you would have a good idea what God wants. You see, I know that you say to me that we are not under the Old Testament. But you see, the Old Testament tells us how God deals with man. The New Testament tells us the work of Christ and what it has accomplished for us. 
But it doesn't change how God deals with man and what God expects of us. It doesn't change what is important to God. What is important to God has always been important to God. And if you look carefully, you can see clearly that often the things that are important to God are the very things we don't see important. Are the very things we don't see important. What, what, what do I mean? What do I mean? Look, in our New Testament age, in our age where we have received unmerited favor from God, where his spirit now dwells with us and abides with us, in this era, there's also what is important to God. Then, then what was important to God was his personal relationship with the people that he has chosen and how they also related to him as part of his big plan. Now, in our day and in our time, God also has the little, little things that he expects of us. First of all, he has things that he expects that must happen in us as human beings, as people that are saved, as Christians that are born again, as new men. There is a certain work personally that is expected of us. That is number one. Number two, there are certain things that we are also expected to do to others in our dealing with others and in everything we do. So listen, listen, don't think that we can do what we want to do and ask God to bless us. That is one of the deceptions Satan has brought in our way. And you see, I've been preaching that let us choose the way of God. Let us choose what God is up to and put our hands and our shoulders to it. Do not let your needs and your human fleshly circumstance dominate you to the point where you neglect what is important to God. It is a mistake. It will not bring the blessing that you are seeking for. The blessing you are seeking for the favor and the nice life you want here on earth is also what God wants to give you to even show off whose child you are. But you see, Satan is telling you that God is not interested in that. It's not true. God is interested in that. But before you will see his interest in those things that you desire most, you must also show that you are interested in the little things he expects of you. You see, most Christians today are not interested in what God is interested after Christ has come, which is salvation. Salvation of the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Most of us are not interested. We are not interested. That, the only reason why we don't get ourselves involved, the only reason why we don't look after people to grow in the Lord and all those things is because we ourselves are not interested in those things. Most of us can't even, we have not studied and given ourselves to study why you must be born again. Why a person needs God. We have not given up. We, we were fortunate to be born again, but we have not gone deep into what Christ stands for, for humanity, so that we can share with others. We have not gone, we have not really gone that far. 
And that is the mistake we are making. And you see, we will be acting like these Israelites who keep coming to go through the motions. Like Sunday morning, we are here sitting down in church. We are just going through the motions. But you see, God is not moved by our going through the motions because he knows that, that what is important to him and how that is not on our hearts. And it's dangerous. It's dangerous. It's not making us prosper. And therefore, we are not becoming a testimony of what we say we stand for. We, you see, when the world looks at, looks at us, they don't see any supernatural hand in our lives. They don't see any supernatural hand in our lives. And therefore, we need to go back and say, what does God, what is the interest of God in this world that I live in? And let me give my portion. And you see, the interest has different parts. Sanja, as a person, you may not get up every day and go on evangelism, but you may be able to get up every day and pray one hour or two hours for souls to be saved and for souls to be established. You may help somebody to, have, to be a good Christian. The little effort you do, God is always pleasing to God. But you see, what is important is for you to have the heart that this is what God wants. This is where God is walking. This is where God is moving. And I must be there. You know, the mistake we make, and that is through the deception of Satan, is to think that we can choose a path. We can choose a path and ask God to come and join us. But I have learned over the years, listen carefully, I have learned over the years that the Holy Spirit, who is the Spirit of God, is not being led by me. He is the one leading me. And I have to do the following. Now, the greatest mistake I will make is to think that if I take right, he will follow me. No. And it is where his, where his presence is that demons flee. It is where his presence is that things flourish. So if I want the power of God to operate in my life, I have to make every effort to walk and to follow where he is walking, not the other way around. Not the other way around. You see, as a parent, as a parent, I, I, I may be a protection to my children, especially when they are young. Let's say you have a five-year-old child. Listen carefully. If the five-year-old child is protected and has all the, your resources, if they work close to you, if they are working close to you, they cannot easily be stolen by somebody. They cannot easily be harmed by somebody. But if they stray off where you are working, if they stray off where you are working, they expose themselves to all the dangers that can come against them. Because where they are, you are not there. And therefore, your ability to protect them is lost to them. Not because you don't want to give it to them, 
but because they have strayed from where you are. And that is why I'm saying that if we were leading the Holy Spirit, the gift of God to us, the promise of God to us, if we were leading the Holy Spirit, then we will, we will take a step and he will follow us. But unfortunately, we are not the ones leading the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is, the, is leading us. So if we don't follow the Spirit of God, where the Spirit is moving and what the Spirit is doing, if we don't follow and we decide to take our own way, then we go our own way without the power, without the protection, without the blessing. And you see, this is where, this is where the Jesus' instruction, seek ye first the kingdom of God. That single verse actually solves a lot of problems. Because if you decide to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, unknown to you and without being even aware, you will discover that you are following the Holy Spirit. And therefore, all the things, all the powers of the Holy Spirit would naturally be available to you because you are on the same road. So you don't have to pray for many things. They will just happen to you because you are where the power is. You are where the demons cannot survive. You are where the spirit will influence you. And therefore, you have dominion over the works of darkness. So I believe that if we don't, you see, it is, it, we need to change our hearts. We need to change our hearts. We need to turn our hearts to decide that if Jesus says this is what we must do, then this is what we must do. Because we may not understand it. We may not understand it. But you see, doing it will bring to our lives all that we have desired and all that we wish for. And I pray that as a church, as a people, we will understand this simple truth and give ourselves to walk in it. That we would experience Isaiah chapter 11. It says, the Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry, restoring your strength. You will be like a, a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. Everything about you will be special. Not because you are, you, are, you, are, you, are, you are wise or you are anything. Of course, you are wise to choose what, what the way of God and to follow him. You see, so when we speak about choosing the way of God and following him, it's more of going the direction where the Holy Spirit is going. Going the direction where the Holy Spirit You see, taking another direction will never bring to your life the power of God that is available to you. So you see, you can have God. You can have God. And God has chosen you and called you. But your decision to go away from his presence would expose you. Do you get it? No matter what the good reason for going away from his presence is, your decision to go away from his presence would expose you to so much danger. And it will expose you to so much suffering. So let us decide now that what is the Lord doing? Where is the Lord moving? What is the Lord involved in doing here in my day and in my time? 
here on earth. And let us rather go there and be involved that we may have his presence with us, that we may have his power to provide for our lives. Let us not be wise in our own conceit. Let us choose and believe that God is wiser than us. And if he says this way, our response is, this is the way we must go. And we would experience the blessing of God without praying for the blessing of God. May the Lord help us to receive this simple message and to walk in it that our lives would truly reflect that goodness of God. The world will see it and know that the Lord is with us. They will marvel and say, the Lord has surely done great things in our lives. God bless you. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning. Thank you for your word. It's simple and straightforward, but Lord, we have heard it clearly. Let by your power, let our hearts be yielded to your wisdom and to your instruction. May we choose what the way you have chosen and may we walk the path you are walking, that we may have your presence with us to be our guide, to be our help, to be our provider, to be our protector and to be our deliverer to be our glory and to bring praise to your name. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. As every head is bowed and every eye closed, I want you to know that everybody needs God. And it is only through Jesus that we can come to God. There is no other way by which men might be saved from the works of Satan apart from through Jesus, who died and shed his blood for the forgiveness and the redemption of us from the slavery of Satan. To reject Jesus is to reject your freedom. To reject Jesus is to reject your peace with God because all that reject Jesus have rejected to make peace with God because through Jesus, we have peace with God. Therefore, I advise you, that this morning, as you have heard the word, the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to you to choose Jesus. Let us pray. If you want to choose Jesus, let's pray this prayer. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this day. I surrender to your ways. Coming to you, knowing that I'm a sinner, Coming I ask you. forgiveness of my sins. I ask for forgiveness of my sins. And I declare my faith in Jesus. As your son who died and rose again, seated at your right hand. By his precious blood that was shed, I received my forgiveness of sins. And I received the cleansing from the filth of sin. Today, I submit to you as my God and I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for my salvation. And I ask that we baptize me with the gift of the Holy Spirit that I will be able to walk and to do your will. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. God bless you. And I believe it's a simple message, but I believe the Lord is speaking to us. Let us hear. Let us hear. Let us hear that God would show himself strong on our behalf. God bless you. We believe you've been blessed by this message. To stay connected, follow our LCI social media platforms.